for August 11th, 2019. I'm Fleet I'm Patrick Mifflin. I'm Brandon Perkins. I'm Chris Sologi. And I'm Dan Red Victoria. Uh, this has been a very intriguing week, mostly because it feels like we're now living in a time warp. If uh, you've been following what happened in the news recently, well, the uh, anti-game rhetoric is in full force again. Uh, yeah, more or less. Yeah, so... I mean, it, it is kind of refreshing that even though it is out there, you people are actually taking it seriously. Yeah, except for the people writing the laws, uh, but... Yeah, but... <laughs> Yeah. Honestly, they can't really do anything, yeah. at least not here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there was a time when I, you know, especially because we all grew up in the 90s, mm-hmm. uh, when the people took that kind of thing seriously. Um, and, you know, now, you know, we'll, we'll get to it all later on, but basically... You know, the, the, the games, unlike... In, in the 90s, when they were still something of a niche thing that people thought only kids played, uh, video games are more mainstream now, and basically everyone plays them. Yeah. Um, yeah thanks to the rise of uh, you know the mobile phone, uh, it's it's kind of hard to find anybody who doesn't play at least something. Yeah. So, um, so because of that, you know this this is uh, this isn't like you know 1994 when. Mm. You know, we had, like, actual, honest-to-God, like, Senate hearings on it. Um, the closest we've gotten fairly recently was that really bullshit, outdated compilation of violent scenes that the White House put out. Yeah. Uh, what was that, 2017, 2018? I think it was 2018. Yeah, it was um, last year. But, uh, you know, the, 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 it's not so much... The, the big difference this time is that you know back then people thought it was actually a problem now they're specifically using it as a distraction yeah and that's the big difference yeah we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get, get all, that. all of that shortly uh but before we do well we've been playing some stuff this week uh, a couple of the ones i've been playing well obviously bloodstained and uh samurai showdown so not much change there mm-hmm. um Samurai Showdown has an SNK boss, so that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially if you're trying to fight her with a character who doesn't really have much in the way of range attacks. Mm. So that's, um, yeah, that's, that's fun. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll get through that eventually, I'm sure. Uh, but apart from that, uh, well, I got my Metal Wolf Chaos review done and posted. And yes, that, that game is just as fucking insane as you would think it is yep um so go ahead and read that uh it is a it's actually fairly solid as far as a shooter goes i mean it has aged uh but it's you know it's still a very playable game you can definitely tell it was created in 2004 but that doesn't mean it doesn't play bad doesn't play well so uh yeah give it a look um it's nice that we have this piece of history you know preserved by a company who makes just weird shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, gotta, I gotta give props to Devolver for, you know, being willing to bring out the really obscure stuff. Mm. So, uh, 
Uh, um, software might be like the last gasp of those kinds of Japanese gaming companies who do both the mainstream and the batshit crazy stuff at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they, they tend to do the mainstream stuff and then to wind down, they just do the crazy. So Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's fun. Uh, but that's been it for me. How about you, Pat? Uh, pretty much my usual stuff. Just um, a lot of Shadowbringers, a lot of fighting games in general as I keep down, you know, sort of maintaining that mindset. And, of course, site stuff. I'm still getting ready to... Um, and I'm still putting together that first Killer Instinct update to the site, which should be going live tonight. So that's... Um, that's been my week. Not a whole lot to say about it, but yeah, it's been keeping me busy. Mm. All right. Uh, well, Brandon, yeah. me, mm. yeah. Uh, Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem is a uh, pretty much been my dominant gaming for the last or so. Um, I already uh, finished uh, the campaign with with uh, the Eagles, which I've been told. Um, apparently the campaign for the Black Eagles is actually the shortest. Okay. Because apparently with them, you don't actually have as many factions to fight. Hmm. Um, but because, yeah, because with the, with the Black Eagles, you only have like one primary enemy. Um, and it's just like all the other, uh, all of the other factions there uh, are either kind of supporting them or not. Um, so after that was finished, I decided to start with the to do a new playthrough with the Golden Deer. And the great thing about um, doing okay, so like this game actually does have a new game plus feature. So after you're um, Done with your first playthrough, uh, you'll give it. You'll be given access to the journal, which is a thing in your, your room that you basically where you set up to live in at uh, the monastery, uh, and it gives you access to things like you can change uh, the appearances of various units. Um, you can also use uh, renown points uh, to actually. First of all, level yourself up, you know, up to around the point you were when the when the first game ended, um, as well as you know, level up some of the various uh, abilities you have. You know, like your ability with swordsmanship, archery, that kind of thing. Um, and then you can also uh, get back get uh, all the characters that you started a relationship with the uh, last game you played. You can actually get it. So that you can start the game fresh with about the level that you had with them. So you can actually recruit a lot more people from the rival houses into your overall class. So um, it's a damn good game. <laughs> um, I mean, there's I've I so I've already started working on my review for it, and I hope to have it posted. Uh, uh, before the end of next week, um, but which house yeah. did you start with again? Huh? Which house did you start with again? Black Eagles. Yeah, the Empire. Uh, that, that that's uh, Edelgard, right? The girls. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. 
And how, how long did Came it hard, take? Yeah. Uh, it took about the the whole thing. The whole story was about seventeen chapters long. Um, I think with the other houses, it's something like twenty to twenty-one. Okay, it like could chap- be longer. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, also, keep, keep in mind that you know, since you've been playing it too, you know you're on a schedule. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, the basically, you know, it, and I know Dan will probably agree. Uh, Falcom influence is all over this game. Uh, I mean, a lot of people make reference to like Persona 5, it's, a lot of it is very Cold Steel. Um, just the way with all the different people in the monastery, the way you build relationships. Basically, everyone in the game has their own story arc. Um, even some of the random NPCs, like the guard who stands watch at the gate, <laughs> even has his own little story arc. Um and man, there are some serious twists and turns in there too. Um, if you think starting out that this game is a little too like like there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of conflict on the surface, you know the midway point of that game it absolutely pulls the rug out from under you and kills that illusion pretty, um, and it becomes. Pretty serious, pretty quickly. And the thing you have to understand about this is, unlike all the Fire Emblem games of the past, uh, there is no golden ending here. You know, there is no way where you can get all the houses to unite against a common enemy. At some point, you're going to have to kill one of the leaders of the rival houses, and you're probably going to have to kill the people that you while you were a teacher at the monastery. So. Yeah, there's uh, some serious emotional pull with this game, too. Would you say this is the darkest Fire Emblem? Uh, uh, that depends on whether or not you've played Genealogy of the Holy War or not. Uh, I would say it, and by that, it's mostly by what you consider a more a more darker sort of act because Genealogy of the Holy War doesn't really have the kind of... Well, I mean, obviously it doesn't. This is the first game to do it. Genealogy of the Holy War doesn't have the kind of character interaction that this game has where um attached to various characters and then end up on different sides of a conflict. But Genealogy of the Holy War also does a good deal to show you the consequences of what a type of giant war in a feudal era like that particular universe does. Um, honestly, until I've played the other two houses to completion, I honestly can't say, but it definitely looks like it from the outset. Um, that's what I've been playing. So Chris, what about you? Uh, I picked up one of the new switch releases this week, which is PictoQuest, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of tries to present itself as like a, an RPG Picross game. Uh, it's not really anything like an RPG. Like, you're not getting experience and getting levels and any of that sort of stuff. Yeah. But it does kind of present the the puzzles, the different puzzles, as kind of battles mm-hmm. uh, against these, like, creatures, I guess, that are in control of these uh, pictures. Um, and as you lay down the right 
uh, blocks, it damages them, sort of thing. Uh, and you kind of swap between them to take them out, but so far that hasn't really been anything to really worry about, because any damage you take doesn't carry over to the next uh, puzzle, or anything like that. So I have four hearts, and you lose half a heart. If you make any mistakes, and I think I only did that once because I just hit the wrong button. Yeah. Uh, but every so often they'll just hit you to take a half a heart, but not really, it's never really been concerned about like failing a puzzle. And so I'm still, I just got to the first 15 by 15 puzzle, so I'm still working my way through it, but you'll run into people that give you, uh, more challenging versions of a puzzle you played before, just like, hey, you have to do this in less than a minute or, uh, complete some other goals and you can pick up uh, items that'll give you like potions that'll give you health back or uh, some like spells that'll reveal uh, uh, parts of the puzzle for you uh, I've mostly been just selling that because I don't really need that uh, hint stuff in there um, yeah kind of working towards getting like I need a thousand dollars for the the next hard upgrade and just kind of selling stuff. Cause, uh, throughout the puzzle, if you take long enough, it'll just like, Hey, if you complete this in the next, you know, a few seconds, this column or row, you'll get, you know, an item out of it. Uh, some of that sort of stuff. But, uh, for the most part, it's pretty solid as a, a Picross game, just with a little bit of a different, uh, approach to it. A little bit of story in there. Um, yeah, that's been pretty good. It's on sale right now for the the first week or so for like eight forty nine instead of ten bucks. Uh, so that's been pretty fun. Uh, the stream I did yesterday was for Mud Runner, which used to be called Spin Tires. Uh, it's a uh, I guess like a, a trucking game, but instead of trucking on highways and such, uh, you're going through uh, these hazardous mud filled areas. Uh, and you're kind of very much uh, trying to fight, like fight the elements, I guess. Well, there's so far hasn't been any like rain or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, the I did a little bit of the challenge, one of the challenge levels, which it recommends doing some of those after the tutorials, just kind of learn a little bit more about the game. Uh, where I just uh, go and get this uh, trailer for my truck, and then just drive it over to this other area, which is a little bit uh, easier said than done. Because uh, when you get to the trailer, you have to watch out because there's some... It also gives you a couple of like bonus objectives like uh, you know stay on the right side of the road, uh, don't damage any other cars or your car, uh, stuff like that. And I think one's like as soon as I got the trailer, I need to go into cockpit mode, which I didn't uh, realize as soon as I started driving that I wasn't how to do cockpit boats. So I immediately failed at it as soon as I started moving the, the truck. Um, but once I started moving, it uh, worked out pretty well. You kind of set your own uh, GPS path if you want, and it'll just show that on you on the on the road as you're moving around. And once I started getting to the muddy areas, uh, that's where things went poorly uh, for a bit as I struggled to get everything get the, the whole truck through there. So you have a winch on most of these trucks as far as I've seen. Uh, as you can use to kind of pull you through uh, more hazardous areas 
uh, or out of places where you get stuck and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I managed to get through that uh, in about like 20 minutes uh, for what was like a, a few kilometers drive. Um, then I went on to one of the sandbox maps, uh, the first one they give you. It's like, oh, you need to get uh, all these logs from the, the log station to the lumber mill. And uh, there are parts, there's like a good like 30% of the map that is essentially in like fog of war mode. We have to find this specific uh, watch point to unlock uh, that portion of the map. Which, for whatever reason, uh, some of them are kind of like sniper towers. So I was like, okay, I gotta go drive by the sniper tower to reveal that part of the map, so you can see, like, hey, there's there's like a lake here, or there's you know a bunch of trees here and all that sort of stuff. Um, I managed to get two of those, uh, two successful trips. <laughs> Uh, you have to get eight points, and your options, at least for the the truck I was using, was for small logs, which are three points each, or the medium logs for four points. So I opted for the three, just to make it a little bit easier. Uh, I got two of them done, and on the way to the uh, lumber mill, as I nearly got there, I went to uh, first person mode, uh, went up a hill, and tipped the whole thing over. And uh, that was the end of the stream. I just tipped it over. You lose all your logs, and that truck is kind of. I think I need to bring another truck to winch it uh, over and get it uh, back upright so I can use it again. Uh, there's a lot of cool parts to that game. Uh, it's pretty sim- simple in terms of controls and all that. Uh, it's typical, you know, uh, right trigger to for gas, uh, left trigger to brake. Uh, which also have uh, all-wheel drive setting you can turn on for some of the trucks and uh, differential lock. It helps you get through those sort of muddy areas and uh, hilly areas and all that sort of stuff. Because uh, a lot of times you're just fighting through these uh, really like hazardous environments to just to get around. Um, but yeah, that game's pretty cool. It's on sale on the PSN Summer Sale for like eight bucks. Um, Definitely a good game to get. And uh, been playing some more Fallout 4. Uh, went through another area, the Pikmin Gallery, which is this dude that has killed a bunch of uh, raiders. And essentially uh, cut up their bodies and set up his own like art exhibits with them, uh, which is a very gruesome area to go through. Uh, I ended up finding this whole path uh, underneath this building that goes through this like uh, sewers, and found uh, a bunch of uh, raiders trying to kill them, sort of get revenge for their fallen brethren. I guess uh, I ended up saving him. He gives me a a key for a a specific uh, little uh, like a lock that he has in his uh, hidden in his uh, his place. And uh, ended up getting a nice little uh, special knife out of there, uh, legendary knife, which was pretty neat. Um, kind of still working my way through that game, but uh, been fun so far. And uh, the other game I've been playing is No Man's Sky. The Beyond update is coming out later this week, so I've been wanting to kind of jump back into this and sort of get my uh, feet wet on that. So I can, I'll probably do a stream of that tonight. 
It's like, hey, here's what No Man's Sky is before Beyond. I'll probably do another one on Wednesday when the update comes out. It's like, hey, here's kind of what we can see with uh, Beyond. And I'll probably do one on, I think, next Saturday. Uh, that'll be, here's the VR uh, No Man's Sky stream. Kind of be a bit of a week of No Man's Sky streams. And, uh, yeah, been uh, just doing some uh, sequests that I got from people in the uh, the big space station and uh, going around and completing those. And It's been a lot of fun. Still a really good game, and a lot of stuff they've been talking about with the... They reveal kind of what's in the third pillar, which is a lot of uh, quality of life stuff, as well as things that it kind of flushes out different systems of, uh, of the game. So that's, they showed off a trailer that a really cool trailer that is essentially like a remake of the original uh, reveal trailer for No Man's Sky, but now with like a bunch of the new stuff they've been adding to the game over the years, uh, especially stuff in Beyond, which means there's uh, rideable mounts, uh, so you can like tame uh, alien creatures and ride them around, mm. which is ridiculous. With uh, some of the stuff they show in the trailer, like these weird uh, lobster creatures. Are usually uh, very aggressive, and they're kind of just riding on front of them. Uh, well, so there's like expanded crafting stuff. You can uh, do some cooking. Uh, a lot of stuff there that they're doing for that. Um, and that game looks like it's going to be. Uh, it's on sale right now, at least on PSN. It's probably on PC as well uh, for half off for twenty five bucks. You can jump in mm. and. Uh, yeah, excited for that update in, uh, in a few days. And uh, that's been pretty much it. How about you, Dan Reb? Yeah, um, I've only pretty much been playing Fire Emblem. Uh, I've only had about 20 hours into it, though. I would have played more last weekend, but I was at Evo. So I guess I'll go ahead and talk about my first Evo experience. <laughs> um, it was a whole lot of fun. I mean, um, I've never gone to Evo, but I've always had a, uh, a big idea of what it was. And it was both bigger and smaller than what I thought it would be. And to be honest, that's really, really awesome. Um, <clears throat> it's also another good excuse to send me to Vegas because I love going to Vegas. But <laughs> yeah, that aside, um, for those who haven't gone to Evo or Vegas before, um, they actually have it at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. And yep. you can just have your Ubers drop you off at the convention rather than at the actual Mandalay Bay proper because – uh, if you do the latter, you end up um, walking about 10 minutes to get to where you're supposed to be. <clears throat> um, luckily for me, it was a uh, it was media badge pickup, so we we had our own line to get to, and it was it was a line of about four people. Isn't that and, great? Yeah, and we also had our own entrance, so we didn't have to worry too much about the whole metal detector thing. Like I'd imagine, like you know, people of the press can be trusted and uh, stuff like that. And then once I went, got inside, that's where I saw even more lines for merch and whatever it may be. I actually stood in line for an hour, you know, to get some Evo shirts, uh, in particular the High Score Girl ones, since they had a collaboration there. And that's pretty much become my favorite anime now. So uh, that was pretty cool to see. Um, I got to check out some of the pools there. The main one I was watching was Samurai Showdown because, like, over the past few months, like that's the fighter that I've been taking a keen interest on. Um, nice. That, that, and of course Tekken. Um, 
So yeah, I spent the first day walking the floor, and what I didn't expect there was an artist alley. So if you've never been to a nerd convention before, often they have artist alleys where you know they sell their own stuff, and you can just check out their art. And uh, I, I met a few cool people there. You know, hopefully we can have them on our podcast one day to talk about their experiences. And um, it was really cool. Um, probably my favorite part of the main expo floor was uh, the BYOC section, where uh, yes. Pretty much everyone just brings their own console, and you can just play games with um, just about anyone there. And if you want to play an old game, a lot of people also bring their own CRT screens. So, you know, uh, whether it be, you know, uh, an old fighting game uh, or just um, something else to play, it's it's, it's, it's really, really cool. And yep, um, I, also their own indie I remember set. making a point to tell you about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, that was pretty awesome. Um, I did see that there was a... In order to like actually set up your own part, there, there there is a bit of a fee there. I, I don't know what exactly what that was, but um, again, it was it was cool seeing uh, tournaments for things like wind jammers. There was a, a a small contingent there playing Ikaruga and other shmups, and yeah, like the the real beauty of it was it wasn't all just fighting games. It was all a lot of old school stuff that um, a lot of us in particular really took a keen interest on, and it was just a cool experience to uh, check out. Um, separate from all that, of course, was the grand finals where they featured was was a four or five games. Uh, the first one was Blaz Blue, the second one was uh, Street Fighter, and then Tekken, and then Smash. I was there for uh, the tail end of, or actually, I was there for the middle of Street Fighter. Went out, gra- grabbed a bite to eat, and made it for the end of Tekken and uh, Smash. And all of those were fantastic. Like every top eight I decided to watch was. Hot fire. I mean, I saw Samurai Shodan and Dragon Ball Z the uh, day before, and then I uh, checked out uh, Tekken and Smash um, literally at the grand finals thing, and it was, like, super hype. Um, just seeing um, all these fans, you know, um, uh, getting to see everybody compete was was totally cool. Like, um, I ended up picking up a few things from uh, Dragon Ball, Samurai, Tekken, and, and Smash that I eventually want to add to, like, my actual repertoire and stuff like that. And yeah, it was, it was awesome. Um, Phil asked me the other week if it actually made me like, uh, make me want to play fighting games more. I mean, that that's always been the case. Um, obviously as you get older, you know, you lose some of your, uh, some of your motor skills. So there's always that, like, you know, I will never find myself like ready to compete and at an elite level, but like it's gotten me to the point where, you know what? Like, I want to go ahead and try out and see what happens next year. But oh uh, yeah, I definitely had fun. Cool. Right. And um, yeah, as for what I'm playing, again, Fire Emblem. Um, I'm I don't think I'm anywhere close to uh, beating the campaign at all. I'm only about 20 hours in. Um, unlike Brandon here, I've actually joined uh, the, the the blue team, Dimitri's, mm. and uh, it's good. It's it's gone to a point. Yeah. It's gotten to a point where he's gotten a little dark. Uh, oh, yeah. He, <laughs> he kind of loses his shit about midway through. He's always been like a uh, a level-headed, calm guy that you can always depict as like, you know, the next great king. But eventually we got to this village and then he just went a complete 180 on me. He was like, sever their limbs and all that shit. And I was like, I've never heard such words from a fire emblem. So, okay, this, this shit hit the wall real quick. And, um... I'm uh, really looking forward to seeing uh, where this goes. Um, the main thing so far, though, is, you know, I want to say maybe maybe I'm halfway through. 
or maybe, maybe just 30%, but I haven't really experienced any challenge yet. Normally, by now, I'd be dying left and right. Uh, oh, get ready for it. It's coming. Okay. Once you... Um, fighting, uh, once the uh, the demon beast and start showing up. Fought one of those. Yeah, uh, there you start... Go ahead. You start fighting more than one. Ah. <laughs> uh, and then there's a dragon as well. So... And there's more than one type of them, too. There's also airborne versions as well. Cool. Nice. Looking forward to that. Um, but so far, like, uh, the main thing is, like, again, aside from the battles, like, I'm not really enjoying the whole running around through the whole castle trying to talk to people, even with the uh, quick, um, quick travel. Um, and then there's the whole uh, part where you have to actually teach the students when all you're really doing is raising stats and they'd, they'd have, like, no motivation, so you actually have to uh, pick a day of rest. And then the cool thing is that when you're playing online, you're seeing what most of the other players are actually doing. And, like, 97% are going to be exploring, and then you're going to have, like, 50% be actually be fighting. It's like So it, it's really tough to want to, you know, go against the grain there. Mm. But uh, either way, like, totally having fun with it. The, the art style is probably the best we've seen out of the game. As you said a couple of weeks ago, they actually have feet here, so that's pretty cool. And, um, yeah. Um, I also uh, plan on starting Madden 20 soon, and I'm also playing some Marvel Twin Lions here and there. But aside from that, it's pretty it's pretty standard. So, yeah, that's about it. All right. So uh, let's get into our news of the week. And, uh, well, as I we alluded to, uh, to begin, at the beginning of the show, uh, because of the uh, El Paso and Dayton shootings, uh, politicians have started blaming, well, everything under the sun except the actual problem uh, for, uh, yeah, for those shootings. Uh, so video games are in the line of fire again. And uh, there's it looks like uh, there's talk of p- potential legislation, as there always is. Uh, I kind of doubt anything will actually ever happen though it won't especially mm. under this administration <laughs> fucking bring it <laughs> we had we own the political careers of everyone who has ever come after us before and it's not going to end with them apparently yeah for the record the supreme court has already decided on stuff like this yeah um so yeah the- there's really nothing they're going to think. It's talk. Again, like I said at the top of the show, it's not an argument. It's a distraction. Yeah, it's a distraction. And, uh, you know, for the gaming industry, this is actually distracting from the other problems that are in there. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the whole ESA leak that we talked about. Uh, the, or working, working conditions, the yeah. loot boxes. Yeah. And the exploit practices thereof. Yeah, so there, there's a lot of that going on. Uh, honestly, I, I'm not in... I don't think this is going to go very far. Uh, there will be a lot of uh, a lot of saber-rattling. We're starting to see some of that with, uh, like, Walmart, who just uh, have pulled signage and demo stations for, like, violent video games. And, well, uh, also some reports of, uh, like, you know, violent movies to getting their posters taken down. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't pull them from the shelves, though. Let's, let's be clear. There's, a, there's been some reporting that people that that has been happening. No, that's not the case. 
because those things sell well, and I don't think Walmart wants to lose profit, so they're going to do the very bare minimum to look like they're actually doing something, but uh-huh. really they're not doing anything. Uh, so there's been that, and then there's been the whole ESPN uh, Apex Legends incident, where they were going to be uh, airing the X Games Apex Legends tournament, and they decided, out of respect for the uh, for the victims, that they're going to be postponing that until October. So, yeah, you know, as uh, as Jim rightly pointed out, uh, what are you going to do in October when another one happens? Yeah, you're just going to keep pushing this back for forever because. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not a problem that is going away until people decide to address the really root cause of it. Um, so, yeah, it was worth a mention here on the show. We we go a lot deeper into it on Let's Weekend. So uh, if you want to know what we what we think about that, uh, mm-hmm. listen to uh, Friday's show. So uh, it's got good stuff there, even if it was out of order. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, next up we'll get to, uh, well, what I'm calling the, uh, loot box death watch. Yeah, uh, because, uh, pretty much in the last year, it, this part, this rather unsavory part of the gaming world has sort of drawn mainstream attention because it has seriously affected families. Um, yeah. because these specifically, basically operate on a Skinner box mechanic and they specifically exploit people with gambling problems. Like, you know, uh, just, I mean, just, just watch a Jim Starling video. That's really, (laughs) he says it far better than I ever could. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Rocket League, well, Psionics, who is now an Epic property, uh, decided that they're going to be removing crates from, uh, from Rocket League. Mm-hmm. Um, they initially started without them, and then they were added in later, and now they're being taken out again. Um, this is interesting in a couple of ways. Uh, mm-hmm. First of all, for people playing the game, well, the unlocks are going to happen a little bit differently. That That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that there. Uh, but I think this is actually a test run of them uh, potentially pulling loot boxes from Fortnite. Um, well, they already did that to Fortnite. Yeah, did they? That was a test for this. Was a, well, As I weird. say in the article, uh, they implemented similar changes earlier this year to Fortnite Save the World. Uh, yeah. Where essentially, they... Uh, let's see what they call them. X-Ray Llamas. Hmm. Uh, previously known as V-Buck Llamas, X-Ray Llamas will now show you the contents before you purchase it. Not interested in what the llama offers. Simply wait until the daily store refresh, and there will be a new selection. Mm. And so it essentially lets you uh, use the... I think the way it works is that uh, you essentially purchase this crate that lets you get the specific items in it as far as what's offered that day. Uh, But you don't have to... I don't know how to describe it, but... It's you like you can't. You don't roll for it. You just see what's in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you just see what's in it. It's like, all right, I just got some stuff I want. I'll get this this day. Hmm. Versus just waiting for, you know, just picking out at random. Like, eh, this one seems like it's got some okay stuff. Let's see if I can get one of those. Sort yeah. of thing. 
which uh, I, th- I think I'm okay with. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, if if I know what I'm getting ahead of time, uh, I, I'm more likely to uh, to want to do it. Uh, like, I, yeah. I don't spend a lot of money on the, on microtransactions and games in general. Uh, but if I'm not having to gamble for it or, you know, <laughs> or uh, just basically harass myself just to get what I'm looking for, eh, then, yeah, I, I might be tempted to do it. Yeah, and it's... Interesting for Rocket League because the the crates drop at a pretty uh, aggressive pace. I have probably on my PS4 version probably a good forty or fifty of them, and it's like I'm not going to spend the money to get the keys necessary to un- open up all those. Yeah. So it's basically like whenever I got something out of the the Rocket Pass, hmm. uh, whether it was a key or the I forget what the other one's called that. Essentially, lets you open up a crate. You just can't trade what's in it. Hmm. But the the whole thing that kind of ended up happening with Rocket League is that they have a trading system. Yeah. And so there's like a secondary market for what's in there, uh, which the currency is keys. Hmm. So it's like if you get nice enough items, you could look up on the sites, hook up with somebody that wants to buy it, and you get the you know the necessary uh, keys in return for that item. Hmm. Based, which based on you know the color it has, uh, certification stuff that's on there, uh, the other sort of variables they have for that stuff uh, that affects it. And yeah, that's uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I think I saw Rocket League Dev essentially suggesting they're gonna uh, do something for people that have you know a bunch of crates. Yeah, uh, you get some sort of currency for it. I don't know if it's specifically keys or what, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of this. Yeah. Because I think the Rocket Pass being so successful and really well done in terms of giving you just a bunch of stuff, uh, cool stuff that that you know what's coming ahead of time, uh, for at least the first 100 levels, uh, I think that is a much better replacement for a Loot Crate system. Uh, Because you get... uh, Rewarded for actually playing it, uh, you get specific goals for each week to to work towards that facilitates you get more stuff. And then they do some cool events like the the current summer event that's going on. So hey, you just keep playing. You can buy you know these specific items out of the shop, hmm. and it all works out really well to get you a bunch of stuff for a pretty small amount of money. Yeah, yeah, I think. I think that's a better system for somebody who wants to keep paying into the paying into the game that they're playing. Uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's about supporting your devs when it when it comes down to it. Uh, yeah, and you know, if there's a way to do it that is just you know that's pleasing to you, uh, and you also get something decent out of it. Yeah, I, I think works a lot better than just this randomized st- stuff. Which uh, yeah. people are pushing back on, uh, yeah. So I, I think the way that Rocket League does their, you know, their their Rocket Pass is probably a better way to go. And I, well, again, Fortnite's yeah. doing the same thing with the their battle passes, and it's a uh, it's a it's close to I guess what we used to call expansions back in the day because you're, you're getting some some content now. But yeah, it's it's. I think it's a decent way to go forward, to be honest. 
Which is uh, appropriate because uh, now uh, the three major platform holders, Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft, uh, by the end of 2020, are going to be requiring loot box odds uh, to be displayed. Um, it doesn't apply to iOS and Android from this report, uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, paid pay-to-play games uh, will require uh, that the... Uh, the odds of uh, getting an item uh, be displayed. So, all right. I think that's yeah, going to. Android are never going to do shit about this, and you wouldn't expect them to anyway. So. On mobile, no, I don't think that's going <laughs> to actually ever happen because that's their, you know, that's a major. Well, that's <clears throat> one of the primary monetization uh, methods. Uh-huh. Uh, and I can understand it because the the cost to, the cost to get in is free. So yeah, that that makes sense to me. Yeah, it's like the audience actively rebels against paying up front for not having to pay for microtransactions later. Yeah, well, this is what you get. Yeah, <laughs> pay up, pay me now or pay me later. That's that's kind of what that's that boils down to. It's like, what you're charging me for content? What the fuck? Yeah, mm-hmm. give me for free. I'll give you five thousand dollars for this cur- this keys, but yeah. I'm not going to give you five bucks up front. What the hell? Yeah. But if you're charging sixty bucks or more for a game to begin with, uh, yeah, then these uh, the these types of monetizations just don't don't appeal to a lot of people, including myself. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how far this actually ends up going, and whether that uh, level of transparency on the consoles uh translates to the big AAA publishers uh, just deciding to outright just nix them in, in favor of something else. Uh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how this stuff is laid out on the store pages. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Nintendo doesn't keep it universal between them. No. Because uh-uh. you have to actually go onto the console uh, stores to see like when those deals end. Mm-hmm. Versus the website, you're just like, ah, I don't know. Yeah. If you... If you're a crazy person, you could put every single game on the eShop on your wish list, <laughs> and then they'll email you <laughs> when it's on sale and tell you like the exact date and time. Yeah. But that's you know 2,500 games, and the process to do that individually on each game is like 20, 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's not going to happen. Yeah, let's not do that. Yeah, some yeah. interesting news, and we'll keep following this uh, as it goes. Uh, personally, uh, if, well, personally, when it comes down to the, these loot boxes, I tend not to buy them. Uh, no, it's just, well, for like, I, I've played a lot of Forza Horizon and you get like spins and stuff in stuff in that game. And after a while, it's just kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause so. the. The percentage of the unlocks being cosmetic stuff that doesn't affect any way the game you're playing. Yeah. Mm. It's just annoying. There, there's that, and there's just the, the, the whole visual of it uh, you know, happening in the first place. Just, uh, yeah, gets... you can kind of skip it, but it's still yeah. like 10 seconds yeah, it's still to do that. A while and, yeah, so, uh... so if you do the, the weird like streaming way of occurring those spins, yeah, uh, that can just take a while Yep, if you get enough of those. Yeah. yeah, fascinating stuff, and we will keep following it as as it develops. Uh, so, other stories. Uh, good news for From Software. Uh, 
Yeah, so Sekiro Shadows Die Twice has sold about 3.8 million copies. Um, yeah, it's good stuff for them, because uh, we were wondering if people were going to uh, really gel with this game, and it looks like, uh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're getting some nice revenue out of that. And, of course, uh, the, the story next week will be from Activision saying that Sekiro Shadows Die Twice performed below expectations, because that's, that's what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am glad though it's gotten that it's been that successful because you know uh you know the from software's games have a reputation for being unless it's the crazy shit like metal uh, they have a reputation for being very intimidating and domineering when mm-hmm. you start yeah. Um, Sekiro is probably the most accessible game that they've put out in the modern era. Uh, mostly because unlike with, with you know, with uh, the Souls games mm. and, you know, Bloodborne, yeah. uh, the, uh, the one thing, you know, the, the interface and the mechanics are more streamlined. Yeah. Um, so it's not, you know, you know, it's not you having to sort of neg- negotiate a spreadsheet. Yeah. The way that, that, you know, some of the Souls games are. Um, but it also is still, you know, it's also still uh, very challenging and very difficult. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, it's 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 fun and it's rewarding and you really do feel and think like a ninja. Like, it's literally the first game with ninjas involved I've played you know, outside of the Tenshu series where I really had to think like a ninja. Yeah. Yeah. And and I love how they've been like updating it uh, as time has gone by, um, you know, adding a lot of quality of life uh, improvements to that game. Uh, I wouldn't say they made it easier, but they did make it easier to figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think a lot of people appreciated that when they started doing that. So. Now we just got to wait for that game they did with George R. R. Martin. Yeah, which will just kill you because George R. R. Martin kills everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. You hit you hit new game and it says you are dead. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I could make that actually. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so another Activision news: uh, they're looking to potentially do more uh, remasters of Crash and Spyro because uh, the. The ones that they did have been uh, pretty successful for them. Yeah. Well, they're looking to do new games now. Really? Yeah, in those series. Uh, which definitely makes sense. Hmm. Uh, especially if they can do them sort of in the spirit of what those remasters did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sort of just have great new visuals, uh, new ideas, not just kind of do what happened when uh, Activision got a hold of those properties originally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, I would the, recommend the IPs though, have been successfully revitalized. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I would recommend though that if they are going to make new Spyro games, uh, they make sure to uh, make it a little bit longer than individual Spyro games. Because after having played the anthology, uh, you realize just how short those old games actually are. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of. Just how those games were back then. Yeah, mm-hmm. they weren't. Yeah, we, there were space limitations and other things going on back then. So, 
Uh, yeah, but I would be totally okay with more Crash and more Spyro. So, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of like what else they could remaster or remake. I'm kind of... Jack and Daxter. <laughs> well, well, that's, that's Sony. Sony. They, they well, really yeah, should do that, true. though. Yeah. yeah, they should. Yeah. yeah, it's like, what else? Because a lot of Activision stuff is licensed stuff or stuff they localized back on like the PS1 era. Yeah. Where they actually published JRPGs. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, that, yeah, I remember that. It's like why? When you look back, it was like, wow, why the fuck were they doing this? Because <laughs> nobody else mm-hmm. was. Mm. And it's like they thought they could get some quick money off of this stuff. Mm. Uh, which got a couple of good games there, but not anything they still have the rights to. Yeah, which is unfortunate because they were the ones that brought over Tenchu. So yeah, but, yep. Uh, we'll see if anybody can bring can do a remaster of that because uh, given Sekiro's success I'm pretty sure they're going to want to have those old ones again at some point so, uh-huh. yeah okay so moving on another we have uh, the August games for Nintendo Switch Online's NES uh-huh. uh, yeah Kung Fu Heroes which I'm down with because that's a fun as fuck game uh-huh. Uh, and uh, Vice Project Doom which believe it or not I never played I so, don't think I yeah. have played that one either. And apparently that has never been ported to any other console since its original launch uh, 88 years, or 38 years ago. Hmm. I believe or, it. No, wait, 28 years ago. 28 years ago. 1991. Yeah, I'm not that old. Uh, hmm. Yeah, it's... Uh, I saw these titles like, the fuck are these games? <laughs> you guys are just kind of scraping the barrel of like stuff that's interesting and relevant. Um, in a way, it's like, okay, when when are you adding other platforms to this service? Uh, never. Because it's, it's like, okay, what other Nintendo games have not been added to this service? Yeah. Well, there's a few like, of their black, black box collection that's not quite there yet, so we'll probably yeah. eventually get to those. Um yeah, Kung Fu Heroes is a good one though. If you never played that one, it's it's worth a play. Was um, that just a beat 'em up? Yeah. Okay. But it's like top down. Yeah, it, it's a fun fun little one. And it's two player too, so it's pretty pretty fun to play with a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good use of those Joy Con. Okay. It would be really nice, as I keep saying every single time we talk about Nintendo Switch Online. There needs to be more of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So doing two games a month is not a viable way to keep that service interesting. No, by the time mm-hmm. the Switch itself ends up, you know, uh, going to the end of its life, they still won't have finished the library, and then they'll have to start over again on like, the next. Hey guys, platform. we added Super Nintendo. Here's a baseball game and this beat 'em up you've never heard of. <laughs> yeah, those are the first games. Yeah. Until you end up with a uh, you know situation like on the Wii U where that system was end of lifing and they released Pokemon Snap on it, uh, oh. you know, right at the end of its life. So great. That system is really interesting in its virtual console because like it has a bunch of DS games, GBA games, uh, Turbo Graphics 16 games. Yep. And it's like weirdly expanded in a way that you would not have thought from the way they handled it up front. Mm. And those games are now stuck on the Wii U. Yeah, and you can't get them anymore once you have a hacked Wii U. Oh, well, yeah. Actually, the the eShop for the Wii is gone. The Wii U, I think, is still still around for now. You can still get them, but now it's just like 
this weird concept of I'm going to buy this game on a system that doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like nobody's making new Wii U games. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Even Ubisoft isn't making new Just Dance on there. Mm, not yet. They just make the Wii version and that's just backwards compatible by default. <laughs> Which is weird. Mm. Anyway. Uh, so there, we talked about the uh, ESA leak from last week. Apparently this is bigger than we thought. Oh, it's much bigger than we thought it was. Yeah, the leaks people found uh, more data on their servers uh, from 2004, mm-hmm. 2006, and 2018. Ooh. So... Yeah, they have uh, some shit going on now that they are. They need to be have somebody, you know, talking to them like, okay, what the fuck has been going on? Mm-hmm. Why aren't you guys uh, doing anything acceptable about this? Yeah, because they just sent out like the exact same letter uh, to the people of these new leaks. Hmm. Yeah, and the 2018 one's particularly interesting because they. Uh, the person that found this found this uh, a year ago, uh, September 18th, 2018, and alerted the ESA, said, hey, we'll you know, check back in 60 days uh, for mm-hmm. your response, and they were just busy enough, they just didn't get uh, any response and didn't follow up. And so with uh, these other leaks happening, they're like, oh, yeah, this thing is still uh, there as of a few months ago, and they did not do anything about it. No, which seems to be becoming part of their MO at this point. Uh, And it's like there's no reason anybody should have any confidence in them running E3 uh, 2020. No. Mm -hmm. Because they've doxed all of their audience, their media audience and analyst audience. Yeah, it's weird. 2004 and 2006, uh-huh. that was... Uh, actually, that might have been one of the years that that you guys were there. Uh, yeah, I was in Arizona then, so most of my information's out of date. Yeah. But uh, I would hate uh, to be one of the people that hasn't moved out of their own state. Yeah. Or yeah. moved at all. Uh, that just finds out, oh... Guess what? Thirteen years later, fifteen years later, uh, you've been doxxed. <laughs> so information that should not be on their servers, much less publicly accessible. Yeah. So I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure Danrip has moved, but since then, uh, so yeah. But I don't know. it might also have data like your driver's license number. Yeah. Stuff that's on your driver's license, like that, doesn't change unless you move out of state. Yeah. Or they have different requirements, and they just give you a new number. And it's like, yeah, this this is all completely fucked in a way. It's like, you know, a lot of the responses to them, like, talking about the, the violent game stuff is like, you know, what the fuck's up with your leaks, assholes? You haven't done anything about this. Yeah. You're just saying, our bad, and just walking away. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's not you guys, Yeah, literally you know none of my info has changed except for maybe a phone number or two. Hmm. But, uh. You know, I don't think I've generated that much hate within the industry to warn somebody trying to find me, but uh, Jesus Christ, this is a big fuck up. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. But the Ooh. the thing of it is, it's like it's it's not a it's not a matter of how, if you've generated any hate. It's like uh, that, that's 
your personal details, you know, and whether it, yeah. it's, it's like you're not about to move right now. So, and with the this, you know, radicalized culture that we're in right now, it doesn't really take much to set people off. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, not at all. I mean, I, I've had my identity stolen twice, and it's not a fun thing. Like, I wouldn't even wish this on my, like, poorest enemies. Yeah. So, uh, it's fucked up. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's kind of a matter of your information is in this Excel doc, and just a matter of them plugging into, you know, a bot that'll just run through uh, the account logging and systems on these different uh, services, and, like, just finding the right combination of information that gets you in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not really personal. Then, like looking at, okay, fuck Danner if he gave Fire Emblem this score. Yeah, uh, okay. I'm gonna find his information, like that sort of thing. It's just, it's just them dropping this information into their database that they need yeah. and yeah. figure out if it unlocks anything anywhere. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, passwords aren't gonna be in there. Hopefully, I don't uh, think you needed a password to log in yeah. or do anything with them but no, uh, probably on the ESA side to access that stuff but yeah and if this isn't or if this wasn't particularly secure I can't imagine that their passwords would have been so, yeah, if their 29 information wasn't mm, uh, encrypted in any way yeah I doubt their 2006 or 24 <laughs> 2004 information was yeah so because yeah. there were less options to encrypt things then mm. Uh, all right, so that's a uh, continues to be a massive fuck up, and I'm sure there'll probably be more of it next week. Uh, in the meantime, we've talked about uh, the Ublets developer who, uh, well, decided to go on the Epic Game Store and it did a rather yeah. well. Okay, they were trying to be clever and ended up just being patronizing and condescending and having a pretty bad look. Uh-huh. Uh, but the just. Uh, the vitriol that that generated was ridiculous. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, a lot of uh, sexist, racist, and uh, homophobic stuff they got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff about um, gas chambers. Yep. Which the one of the developers is Jewish. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they necessarily knew that ahead of time, but... Still, it's not a good thing to say either way. And they've shown screenshots of uh, some of the comments they got. Mm. Stuff like, I really hope you and your whore wife off yourselves after your game flops. Makes a lot of sense that you shoved your head in Epic's ass for a few extra bucks after finding out you're a Jew. Oh. Yeah. Jesus and it's like, Christ. And there's some N-words in here. Mm. Uh, yeah, I hope a pack of N-words... Rape you in your horror. Uh, oh yeah, it's like on Reddit where you have to accept the request for to see what this message is. Hmm. And it's like, oh no, it was a, it was the request, but it gave you a preview of what it is. Yeah. Okay, that's what that is. Yeah. It's like these are all different services too. Yeah, so they uh, they just been getting bombarded everywhere. Uh, yeah the the the. The whole atmosphere around Epic Game Source has gotten so incredibly toxic uh, that you know anybody even saying anything around Epic Game Store usually turns any sort of discussion to shit. Yeah, it's the, it's and, the exclusive part of it that people are really not liking, uh-huh. or anything really. Well, yeah, uh, some of it. Yeah, it's like there's one of these like, oh, I forget. Next one after this will be the game on the Q BitTorrent Q. 
So you can ban if you want. Just don't disrespect PC gamers and expect to get away with it, you swines. It's like, oh, yeah, they disrespected you, PC gamers. It's not your own fucking actions. Yeah, and and, and we wonder why uh, the gaming community has such a bad reputation. Yeah, because they can't respond to anything. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. I'll just wait for it to come to Steam at some point. So, I mean, it's like, last week we were critical of them, but um, I don't recall us getting into this territory. Uh, no. We tend to avoid this kind of thing, so... Yeah, and yeah. it's like, it really shouldn't have to be said, but, like, no matter what you think of the way somebody says anything or what they're saying, nobody deserves harassment in yeah. any way. Yeah. yeah. Much less threats uh, or anything like that. Yeah. Anybody that thinks that's okay can go fuck right off. Basically, yeah. And do not deserve to keep any of their accounts on any service. Mm. Nope. Not shown they deserve anything. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. It, just, it just goes to show like how crazy the uh, vocal minority can be. I mean, you know, I'm a community manager that works in the game that totally relies on microtransactions. And I've seen a, a whole lot of vitriol, but like this is just totally insane i mean like the 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 rape stuff is just totally i don't know like this 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 is the stuff i really hate about the industry and it's like you know you're right we we can't really move forward as a respectable medium if uh, the gamers are going to act this way yeah and like you know um obviously we all know that you know the epic game store has uh gotten its share of controversy and like you know some of it is warranted just just because of the fact that it's not a very good store to begin with but at the same time how hard is it to open another applet just to get your shit loaded yeah seriously it's not that yeah yeah especially now with uh gog 2.0 a lot Mm -hmm. of people are in that beta now it's like you just log in your accounts it just pulls out the the games that you have installed on your pc and whatnot and just launch from there yeah, it's yeah. like you don't even have to engage with it I mean, unless like, you want to specifically add something to your account. How many of these gamers bitching about Ooblets were even going to download Ooblets in the first place? Probably, Probably like, and like the the the, the main 1%. thing about what they deal with the Epic Game Store is that you know they're they're guaranteed success here, and like having a guaranteed success in the industry is unheard of. And the stuff that Epic is doing to get this done is fantastic, but it's really unfortunate they have to go through all this. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah even Epic has put out had to put out statements saying like. People need to get a fucking hold of yourself because you're just going way overboard with any sort of criticism to the point of endangering people's uh, safety and livelihoods here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I've been I've been looking at the uh, the ga- the Epic Game Store over the past few months, you know, following it with uh, the improvements that they've been making. And okay, it's not there yet, but it is getting there. Uh, yeah, and it will get there. I mean, they're they're huge now. Yeah. yeah, and the worst thing you can say about right now is just needs a couple more features. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not like terrible or anything. It's not like trying to wade through like G two A for <laughs> fucking shit. Oh, yeah, but or anything you like that. shouldn't ever go to G two A like ever. No, uh, but yeah, it's like there are some places where like it's a legit like nightmare to find anything. Yeah, or figure out like how you do anything. Epic Game Store is just like you go to the page, you click buy. If you don't have your information in there, you know, put it in there. Yeah. And if you don't want to, then don't. Yeah. It's yeah. not the end of the world. 
Yeah. Or you can get the the free games that they give away every week. Um, you know, I think that's that's a cool little feature that they do. Uh, yeah. The the thing is, like, they don't have, from what I can tell, they don't have categories yet. So you're basically just looking at a giant, a giant wall of uh, of game banners for uh-huh. now. Yeah. Uh, as you know, as they get more and more games, this is going to get a little bit more unwieldy to navigate. Uh, but yeah, the, it's all stuff that they're working on. Uh, so, yeah, like exclusives have been a part of the industry since God knows when. Like that's one of the yeah. main ways these first parties make money in the first place. Yeah, except it's never. That's, I mean, that's and we're, we're, we're talking about a PC exclusive here, where all you have to do is open another applet to load your shit. Like, come on, guys. Seriously, I, I get that, but. Uh, there's there's a lot of people who have big investments in Steam. They buy everything there. They want mm-hmm. everything there because it's the one application to rule them all for for them. Uh, you know, if something doesn't show up on Steam, then they just don't buy it. Like you know, if it goes on, uh, if it's Origin exclusive or whatever, they just don't get it. Uh, yeah, I mean, like that's that's totally true. But you know, if, if all Valve has to do is increase the cut. And you don't see this anymore. Yeah, that's all. Or, yeah, deep. and if 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 Epic fights back, well, you know what Valve can do? They can go ahead and develop a game. Yeah. So I I have no remorse for these people at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they release Half Life Three, and guess what? Steam explodes. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that would be the one thing that actually could take Steam down. Would be Half Life Three. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I guess the other thing that people push back on is uh, the uh, the games that originally were supposed to come to Steam and then after pre-orders were taken end up going Epic Game Exclusive, which is, yeah, that's kind of a little bit of a shady thing to do. Yeah, but we're yeah. also talking about Ooblets. Ooblets is, is one of them, yes, but uh, MechWarrior <laughs> 5 was one, Shenmue 3 was one, uh, mm. you know, it's... Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, but you're also not Metro like Exodus. going to their Twitter and tell them, "I hope you die, cunts," all no. that sort of stuff. No, yeah, but uh, yeah, YSNet has uh, some issues to deal with on uh, on that front for sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, I want to give. I don't them remember a... things being this bad when Bayonetta Two was put on Wii U. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how you harass Nintendo? I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can harass yeah. the people that are on Twitter, I guess. I guess, but, yeah. but most people just send it to the Nintendo of America account or yeah. Japan or Europe account, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's, I assume it's, those are those are checkmarked accounts, so they can just tune out certain types of comments yeah. that they don't want. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the concept that you know PC exclusives have not really been a thing. Uh, it's it's gen- in general, or people have gotten used to certain kinds. Like mm-hmm. EA games are exclusive to Origin. Yeah, that's been almost ten years at this point. Which is as like people just kind moved of on. interesting to me. Yeah, it's like n- yeah, nobody's really complaining about that, but they're complaining about the Epic Store to high heaven. So yeah, just um, people are inconsistent. Uh, can we mm-hmm. uh, can we agree on that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, so, in better news, uh, Destiny 2's uh, cross save feature is going to be launching on August twenty eighth. No, twenty twenty first. Yeah. Yeah, they are sort of getting some of their stuff uh, ahead, out ahead of the launch of the P 
PC version and uh, the other versions of New Light. Uh, they got the PC Move uh, feature that's going to be going on the 20th, the day before, mm-hmm. so that people with uh, uh, Destiny 2 stuff on uh, Blizzard, the Blizzard app, uh, get that uh, ready for the Steam mm-hmm. version, so you can get that uh, linked to your account and all that. And the cross save will allow you to get that stuff uh, the next day, and you'll be able to get all this, check out all the information they've uh, got from your uh, characters and figure out which one's going to be your main. Yeah. So they're not doing it necessarily like pulls all the characters you have on any of the versions. You have to like pick which one's your main save. Yeah. And that gets broadcast out to all the versions on October first when New Light launches. Yeah, which I so guess is like fine. the one. Yeah, that's like the one downside is if you play it on everything, uh, you eventually have to pick like the main characters you have. Yeah, and figure yeah. out which ones uh, are going to be your main ones. Yeah, they're not doing a merge uh, yet, so not Probably. really in terms of bringing everything in. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they. You know, have more stuff they'll be talking about leading up to the launch in October. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there is oh. a. Th- this is a game that I'm. I'm very interested to continue following because it's. Uh, it's going to be interesting for me to see whether they can actually turn it around. They've had a very bad reputation after the after launch. They've mm-hmm. lost a whole bunch of players. Uh, but it seems like after the announcement that they've split with Activision, the some of that some of those players are starting to come back. Uh, yeah, so. like or have actually like talking about how they want to be, you know, a first-person shooter MMO. Yeah, want to have more MMO stuff in there. That seem, makes it seem like Activision very much did not want them to uh, go in that direction and phrase their game that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. it's like they're just going all in on that now. Yep. So, yeah. so now they have the, the systems behind it to actually make that work. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and they can actually edit maps without having to rebuild the entire thing at once. So that's yeah. that's helpful too. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, next up, we got uh, news that Indivisible is coming out October eighth. Finally. Yep. Yes. Yeah, that took a while. Mm. Oh boy, did it. Yep. It'll be PS4, Xbox One, and PC on that day. Switches. Mm-hmm. Uh, later on. Eventually. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it looks like everything is coming to the Switch at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have it on the show, but apparently Hello Games is also uh, interested in getting No Man's Sky on the Switch, which would be an interesting port job. Huh. Yeah, Ooh. I don't know how that would run. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, we turned off all the shadows, all the lighting. Uh, it's all just... Yeah. We also it's, turned off all the animation, uh, <laughs> and we got 14 frames a second. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> okay, it's probably won't like be that bad. Some of these games are not. not you really can put it on the Switch, but Doesn't they're extreme should. measures. Doesn't mean yeah. you should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No Man's like, Sky will be on the Switch as Star Fox Zero Two. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I'm noticing Star Fox Zero is one of the only games that hasn't made the Wii U evacuation project. It needs to. Hmm. So yeah, they're quite a bit. Like a lot of the Zelda stuff they did on the Switch or the Wii U hmm. has not come come over. So hey, if you want to play those new remasters of uh, 
Twilight Princess or Wind Waker, mm. guess what? You're getting a Wii U. <laughs> True. Mm. And those are full price still. Yeah, for now. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, we'll get to some Evo 2019 catch-up. Um, yeah, this, this kind of happened after the, the show last week, so... Uh, so the new Guilty Gear game, uh, according to God, uh, is going to be a uh, just a full-on, brand new experience. Uh, no reboot. Yeah, reboot in a sense that they're basically going from the ground up. They're they're looking at what made Guilty Gear great, and they're going to be focusing on those things and trimming out a lot of the well, a lot of the stuff that didn't quite work so good. Right. Hmm. So, there guess, was a lot of system creep in that series, so yeah. uh, if they can provide a more straightforward um, battle system, then that would help. Yeah. So you know, they're not uh, they're not evolving what they have. They're not trying to retcon it. They're just going to do something new, and uh, mm-hmm. that's cool. And it well, from the trailer that we saw, it looks amazing. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so, uh, and then we got some Tekken 7 news. Um, Zelina and, uh, Leroy are two, the two new characters that were announced so far. Um, Zelina is, uh, returning from Tekken 6. Uh-huh. So, okay. Um, probably a character very few people actually played, but she's back. Uh-huh. And then Leroy looks uh, look, weird. Uh, apparently Zafina was winning a lot of, uh, popularity, uh, polls and stuff yeah. for, um, Oh, that's for F. the next round of DLC, so My dyslexia. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, and based on the gameplay trailer, it looks like she absorbed a Zazzle or something <laughs> at the end of Tekken Six. Mm. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. And meanwhile, Leroy looks like somebody pissed off George Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Kinda. Uh... To the point of taking up Wing Chun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is so. Those are the two characters that we know so far uh, from the uh, season three pass. Yeah, there's two other characters yet to be announced, as well as um, a stage and a mode. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And the modes That'll have be been interesting. interesting, to say the least. Well, Tekken Bowl was one of them that they ended up uh, yeah. putting back in. Um, so good stuff there. Uh, and that uh, that little Metal Gear thing that uh, happened. Uh, was apparently for nothing. It was yeah. Just... yeah, it was um, a bad decision by Evo to kind of um, troll the audience. They didn't consult anybody. Um, apparently, by some accounts, Harada looked uh, kind of heated after it happened. <laughs> um, I, and going back and watching it, you you kind of know that it was improv because... Eris may have been the most confused person in the building. <laughs> what the hell did I just see? <laughs> yes, I remember that. Um, but yeah, and uh, well, DH kind of. Uh, oh yeah, he was. He put them on blast on Twitter. <laughs> yes. Um, so so I mean, hopefully this has become a really drawn out thing, but they definitely didn't make a lot of friends doing this. No. So they just hire. Uh, hater through cameo, do a thing and then just put that in. It, the video. it was a commission, yeah, for uh, Mark Mann's Twitch channel. It, it's just one yeah. of his notifications. Yeah. It's like that's not really supposed to be used for this sort of thing. Nope. That's <laughs> like that's very much what he was also pissed about because yeah. he could also get some blowback on cameo. Yeah. 
So, uh, but yeah, that was a bad decision all around. Uh, I mean, if you want to do something fun like that, at least dot your I's and cross your T's. Uh, yeah, this was just bad management. So, meh. It's like you got the money to pay these people to come in and do something nice. Yeah, I just go through backdoor channels to trick somebody essentially into doing something for yeah. the for Evo. Yep, and they do it too. I mean, it's it's not like you know, you know, Snake is a is a very well loved character. I mean, he's he's not gonna he's not gonna turn down something like that if you just go through the proper channels. So, yeah. Uh, and our final story, uh, we got the final uh, final announcement, I think, uh, for the TurboGrafx-16 Mini, because I thought we had gotten the final list of games last yeah. time, but now it's Surprise. the final. Surprise! Um, so we got seven more. Uh, Konami's really pulling out the stops with this. Yeah, it's it's really interesting if you look at the these seven uh, last games. It's all Bandai Namco. Uh-huh. Uh, from what I can tell, at least. Yeah. Yeah. So you got uh, six of them are uh, PC Engine, so they're going to you know be in the Japanese part. Uh-huh. Uh, so you got Seirei uh, Senshi Spriggan. I don't know that game. Oh, Spriggan, I think I know this is based on hmm. that let's see if let me bring that up briefly. Hmm. Uh alright. Uh yeah. yeah. I'm looking at it. Um looks like yeah, it's a shoot 'em up. Yeah. It's a it's a side scrolling shooter. Yeah. There's that one. I mean, not a. It's a top down, and uh, it looks rad as hell. <laughs> so there's that. There's Spriggan Mark Two, there's, which I'm guessing is a sequel. Yeah. There's Dragon Spirit, which is another overhead shooter. Uh, Galaga eighty eight. That doesn't really mm-hmm. have much explanation. Nope. Uh, the Genji and the the, the Heike clans. Uh, yeah, that one's going to be a little mm-hmm. bit difficult to play. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was actually in one of the Namco museums on the PS one. Hmm. Yeah, so there's that one. Uh, the Legend of Valkyrie, also another uh, Namco one. And Splatterhouse, which is the only U.S. one that's uh, uh, going to be uh, added uh, to here. Uh, so, yeah, it looks yeah very much like this is all Namco stuff going in there. Uh-huh. Uh, so I guess they finally got that deal ratified, uh, which is good because uh, yeah. Galaga 88 was conspicuously absent before. Yeah, that, um, they contributed quite a bit to the Turbo Duo. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and it should also be pointed out that uh, we did get confirmation finally that M2 is handling software for this. Yes. So, ah, uh, yes, it's. Uh, yeah, I gotta have one of these. Yeah, if for ninety nine bucks, this this one does actually look like a micro console that's worth picking up. Uh, uh, wait a couple of weeks and they'll probably add another 14 or so games to it because the, at this rate it's they're probably just going to keep adding games until the game until it's released mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up with a hundred by the time it's out even though they say it's the final list they said that last time mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I think we have a show guys yep yeah and uh, yes 
So I'd like to remind you guys, if you haven't subscribed to the show, you can do so on anchor.fm slash Update. Subscribe links are there on the page. Uh, you can also leave us a message there. Just hit the button and uh, record uh, record voicemail, and uh, we'll try to get get you on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, for uh, Patrick Mifflin, Brandon Perkins, Crystal Logie, and Dan Victorio, I have been Filippo Donolfo, and we'll see you next week.